head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 290 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the skills of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonnell, as we talk about, um, not going to lie, a slow enough week in the world of mixed martial arts. We some good questions in. There were, some, there were actually some good fights uh, last night, uh, and there's a, a kind of a changing world in front of us, as there always seems to be in this mad uh, COVID-19 era. So we'll talk all about that for the next, you know, hour to like 26 minutes here. <laughs> Anyway, um, before we do that, though, shout out to our sponsors and sh- uh, support for the show is brought to you uh, by Manscaped, who are the best below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Uh, Manscaped just launched in the UK and Ireland, so the people around here have gone for years without the right tools for the job. And you can be one of the first men in Ireland or England or Europe uh, to uh, start using their products. I know myself and Graham have uh, have been in bad need for them. I, I know my uh, my sister actually ordered them for uh, my brother-in-law there like three days ago, I think, and she got them today. So uh, they're really, really quick uh, to come. And uh, if you order them, uh, use the promo code SEVERMMA and you'll get 25% off and free shipping. So, but Manscaped uh, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Uh, the Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I would agree with that. And just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Duster third generation trimmer and features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming incidents uh, or accidents even. Uh, <laughs> incident? <laughs> when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last uh, up to 90 minutes uh, so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming uh, they've upgraded to 77,000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology the, and let's not forget about the charging stand show you're more off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by usb if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself let's get that bush to tush clean uh, get 20% off free shipping with the promo code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. Uh, if you're in the Ireland or in, uh, in the EU, use eu.manscaped.com. Uh, make or test these. They're besties. It's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. Promo code SEVEREMMA. Your balls will thank you. I'm just, Graham, I'm just opening up my lovely leather pouch here. Beautiful one. Is my Manscaped thing inside now? It is. Here we go. Look at it. Oh, there we go. Still, char- I haven't charged this yet. I've used this I, I every week here on the podcast for about the last, what, what is it, five weeks or so? Still haven't charged it. Still I'm, su- I'm surprised. I'm surprised 90 minutes was enough to clean up uh, down there for you. <laughs> it probably took a few, a few recharges. <laughs> my, uh, my friend Moz is known as like the hairiest man alive. And uh, he... Uh, 
it, it managed to like get through him. You know, he he ordered one and uh, he used it, and it's still working and all. So I, like that. I was gonna say, were you sharing it? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, sharing it? No, uh, his own one, his own personal <laughs> manscaped device, not my one. He managed to uh, he managed to use it, and it got through him. So like, if honestly, like that's the best advertisement you could ever get. Our fucking yeti going around the place. If, if it works on that lad, it'll work on fucking anyone. So. It's uh, it's a good old thing, alright. Manscaped, manscaped. So sign up. Are you, are you all the uh, you know great Christmas presents? So if you all ready for Christmas, Graham? What are we? The twenty ninth now. Have you the tree up and the whole lot? And you have you all the presents bought? No, not not yet. I haven't got the tree or anything. But uh, I ordered a I ordered a couple of things online for the the family and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, have to uh, hopefully be able to pick up a few small things as well when uh, things yeah. hopefully go back to normal in a few days. Or not normal, but less. That's abnormal. Yeah, I've I've probably like 99% of my stuff done, which is which is pretty good. I usually have it done like in fucking October, so it's late for me this time uh, this time around, but hopefully we'll uh, we'll have it all done. Yeah, it, you know what I hate like about the, the shafts being closed down and stuff. You can like I order most of my stuff online anyway, but like there's always one or two things you say, right? I've I've a few things to get. I'll go into the shops, maybe go into two or three shops, and I'll pick the last kind of few things up. I, you know, see something on the shelf and pick it up rather than like having an idea about what you're going to get or anything like that. And that's that's the pain about it. But as you said, the shops are open here, and was it shoes there? Maybe any if there's anyone knows where I get a PS Five, let me know. I'm still still on the lookout for a PS Five. <laughs> so if anyone knows, uh, you get them on eBay for about fifteen hundred. Yeah, <laughs> looking, do you know, CX have them. CX or buying or, or them. People people buying. People buying um, uh, photos of yeah. of PlayStations for like a thousand quid on on eBay without reading the description. Yeah, I saw one of them the other day. There was one being bid on, and it was up to like seven hundred and ninety quid, and it literally said in the description, "This is a photo of the PS5s." That wouldn't like is that allowed? Would they would they not have some recourse to come back on that, or would the people selling it be like grand because they said in the description it's a photo? I don't know because like they're they're they are saying it. They are kind of trying to mislead people, but that's like a normal marketing thing. Like you know, shops they say, "Oh, this is reduced from a hundred, but they put it up to a hundred for a day when it's worth twenty or whatever." And they're like, "Oh, eighty percent off." It's like no, it's the same price, mate. Like so, it's standard practice to deceive people in in, uh, in the industry. So I don't know uh, what the legalities over there. Yeah, there's people. And it says photo, and you bid on the photo. It's kind of your fault, isn't it? Really, yeah, like, it is. There's people selling the boxes as well, so people can just play pranks on other people. Saying, "Oh, I got your PS5," <laughs> and then like there's a fucking box of Kellogg's cornflakes inside it or something. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a matter. It's isn't it amazing like that. They, like they've known for a good bit when it's coming out, and it's it's not mean like they they've rushed it to get out at the same time as the Xbox, and the same with the Xbox, and they still don't have enough of them. Like, I, I but it's just, part of the it's part of the promotion is yeah, people. Oh, yeah. we can't get it. We can't get it. Where can we get it? That's yeah. part of the the frenzy to get it. You know what I mean? If yeah. it was just available, and it would be you know people would just be complaining about something. Oh, the fucking thing doesn't load properly or something. But now mm. people aren't talking about that. They're just talking about I need one. I need one. I need one. It's the thing everybody needs to get. Yeah, you know. See the Xbox. Everyone was saying it was going on fire but it was just people blowing their vape into it because it's like loads of holes and people were like up the bottom of it blowing yeah, their vape so Microsoft being like tweeted like I can't believe we're saying this but yeah. please do not blow vape <laughs> smoke into your, into your Xbox yeah well, legends legends so yeah we'll uh, we'll see how things go anyway on, on that front um, right I suppose last night when we were talking about MMA we, it'd be remiss of us to kind of not mention 
the uh, and I don't really want to mention it, but the, the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight, uh, Jake Paul, the YouTuber guy, Bale. was fighting both. Well, it wasn't Our even about exhibition boat, exhibition. <laughs> well, fight, was fighting, yeah. uh, boating was boxing. Nate Robinson, I think he was a basketball player. Um, and like, okay, we're not going to go in and break down this fight or anything or this bout. It, but like last night, I saw loads of people. I think Sean O'Shaughty was saying it, Ariel was saying it. Uh, loads of other people like this is huge you know in America people their friends are asking them, like how do we watch this where are we going to watch this I saw none of it I, saw, I actually saw a couple of my friends this morning I saw them in the, the group chat talking about Jake Paul calling out McGregor but that's probably because there was an article this morning saying oh Jake Paul call out McGregor or whatever but before it I heard nothing from anyone about it you know if if I hadn't seen the couple of MMA journalists online you know blown about it for the last couple of weeks I wouldn't have even known it was happening to be honest because uh, maybe it's because it's not getting the Sky Sports push here and you know maybe oh, I would have seen it yesterday because I was watching the Dubois fight and they kind of advertised it but even on BT Sports they didn't give it the push like we're watching Man United matches, Liverpool matches. You obviously, you know, they give the UFC a bit of a push, or if there's a, uh, you know, a, a David Hay or a Tyson Fury fight for over the last few years coming up, they'd give it a bit of a push. I don't think. I think they were a little bit ashamed. <laughs> they didn't want to give it a push. Whereas America, I think, are getting. Well, a bit did more Sky use Sports of it. News or were Sky Sports News about it, uh, talking about it much in the lead up? Or I know, it was, you know he was on I remember, the, I remember the Freddie Flint off. Yeah. You know, obviously they, they hype that up and make people real interested in it. But there is a thing, as you say, if it's not on Sky Sports, they kind of pretend like it doesn't exist sometimes. Yeah. Um, if it's on BT or if it's on BBC or whatever. So maybe that was part of it. But uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't know, like uh, maybe that like YouTuber kind of person or uh, people are more into the YouTube personalities maybe in America than over here. Or maybe that's part of it. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure either, to be honest. But like, it's there was definitely there that gap between America, you know, the, the way they were waiting to enjoy it and the way we were. Like even with Tyson, I know Tyson. Like when I was growing up, when I was young, I it was always about Mike Tyson. I always had like uh, this kind of you know this fear for how how insane Mike Tyson's power was and all. Maybe we were kind of the last generation to to realize that kind of you know as he his best work was done well, probably in the late eighties early nineties just as we were kind of being born and we were kind of being young you know so um so I suppose there'd be a bit of affection for him so like the that YouTuber group doesn't really cross over with the group you know the <laughs> we're we're too old for Jake Paul but we're you're just about the right age or maybe a little bit even too young for Mike Tyson so there's a the crossover group is a bit odd there but it look it seemed to work anyway in America um, a lot of people were talking about the big um, pay-per-view getting on but the one thing about it maybe we'll talk, I'll talk maybe about the, the Jake Paul thing maybe the yeah. Jake Paul bout is more like for example if it was like I know we like basketball isn't really popular that popular over here but if it was yeah. like say a, some kind of Premier League footballer against Jake Paul maybe you know uh Who's known for throwing a few digs? Uh, Roy Keane or something. You know what I mean? If Roy Keane was in there against fucking Jake Paul, it'd be more. It'd be more interesting. Uh, yeah. This side of the pond, as I say. That's true. But I suppose the thing is, this was on at the same time as the UFC, and now the UFC obviously got ravaged, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But it was interesting that not just people covering the UFC, but people who'd usually be fans of the UFC or fans of MMA, even Bellator and all other things. We're talking more about this than they were about the UFC, and I think that's a little bit of a change in world because I think, and Mike Tyson actually said it last night. I was I was looking up on MMA Junkie there, I think it was this morning that Mike Tyson said, you know, fair play to the likes of Jake Paul and stuff. They've brought interest back to boxing because the UFC had kind of taken it away for years, and it's an interesting thought I think because 
on a, like a Saturday night like that, say if you weren't going out or whatever, you kind of know there's going to be a UFC on, you know, you know that's kind of the event. But last night, like even if there's a big, bo- if fucking, you know, if, if say Daniel Dubois and George Ice last night I was watching as well, it was, it was a good boxing match and stuff, but say if that's on like American times, a similar sort of boxing match like that, you're probably, you know, tuning into the UFC because you really don't know those guys. When you're tuning into the UFC, you kind of know what you're getting. You're getting those three letters and you're getting the same commentary team as you're used to seeing and, and things like that. So it's an interesting one that maybe things like this are actually breaking it down. Now, the problem with that is, the issue with that is, what are you building that on? You're building it on Jake Paul, who's probably going to have like a few fights and, and go in. We, you won't, you won't see him again or he might have one fight a year and it's or about a year and it's not going to be... You know, yeah. world class or Mike Tyson, who is fifty four years of age, they asked him last night, does he want to have a an actual uh, sanctioned bout? And he said no, had no interest in it. So it's it's tough. It's like the WWE at the moment. Like they're building everything on, on kind of old people and their business is kind of faltering. Now it's they're earning a lot of money at the same time. But where does that leave them long term? I think it's interesting, you know, that's something that uh see Scott Corker this week was trying to fly against with the whole Anderson Silva thing. Now, Anderson Silva, I don't think, is as passive as, as those lads, but I think Bellator realised over the last few years you can't build your whole business and your future business on that. I think other people are realising as well, whereas boxing are kind of flying at that. It's interesting. Do you think that that sort of thing can work for boxing over the next while, or do you think it's just like short-term kind of saving them, maybe even during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah well, it's hard to know. Like, you know, um, I'm, I'm not sure what kind of numbers these these Logan, or not Logan Paul. Um, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul bouts are doing. Maybe maybe they are, like, maybe we're just kind of out of the bubble and we're not, we're not kind of seeing how excited and how into it people yeah. are. I'd be interested to see what the, what the numbers actually are if we ever... We probably never find out about it. estimates anyway. Like, and you know, they they had people like you know, um, what's the man saying, Badu Jack Badu on the Jack, card yeah. and stuff. So like, you know, they could they could use it to kind of promote up and coming boxers. You know, uh, have them as the co-main event. Like obviously, Tyson and Jones are kind of a special case there. The main event just because Tyson is so beloved and uh, and all that. So. Um, uh, and obviously Roy Jones Jr. is obviously like very well known and respected as well so you know maybe maybe Jake Paul wouldn't be happy with being a co-main event to you know uh, an up-and-coming boxer but even making them you know people in boxing you never know what time it's going to start at so people tune in kind of earlier because the broadcast a lot of the time lie to you about when it's going to start as well just mm-hmm. to, to get you to tune in early Yeah, it's, so uh, you can kind of promote people like that but yeah it's, it's an interesting one because, like, it's it's one of those things as well. It was promoted by, like, a, a thriller. I think that's an app. I'm not even sure what it is. So it's not really a real boxing promotion. You know, they had Snoop Dogg there and they had uh, these other rappers and bands and things. So it was, it was more of a show than anything else. Now, I think the one thing about this and wh- why maybe we're talking about it so much, obviously, is because how is this kind of going to change things? Because we, we saw it with Oscar De La Hoya did it with the um, with the Chuck and Tito fight, but that was maybe a little bit different because it was an actual, like, promotional bandwagon that they kind of got on. Whereas this is a little bit different. Like, if this does well, or, okay, if this does badly, everyone will be put off it, right? It'll never happen again, and, no, you know. But if this does well, you could see other kind of maybe up-and-coming apps like that or, or even, you know, big big ones are our big websites that want to like push traffic to the, to the to their website or use it as an advertising tool like this thriller thing I, I i still don't know what it is but i never heard of it until before this and now everyone around is like talking about it that's a great way to very quickly get your name out there now it might cost 
a hundred million or whatever it might cost, and maybe you'll you'll drag some money back in. But if they are to drag drag some money back in, if they do do a good pay per view number, this could be a game changer for a lot of people. Like even the likes of you know, you know McGregor, if he was to get out of his contract, or Habib, if he was to come back and and get away from the UFC or something like that, or even an Anderson Silva, if he could get in a big fight and maybe fight Mike Tyson or fight Ray Jones Jr. or something like that, it's a uh, it's an interesting one going forward. But uh, yeah, it, it's interesting to see what happens. I suppose on on the uh, and, and like the reason we kind of talked about it, I didn't want to get too much into it, and we kind of have, but is is because it kind of came at the same time as the UFC last night. And before we maybe move on to the UFC, I thought like, did, did, well, do you think if if the UFC card had like some good name value on it, some interesting fights, some yeah. kind of you know uh, jeopardy on it, maybe it would have been you know uh, less kind of overshadowed by the, the bouts i i think it would need to be something really big to be honest you know i okay if it was look if it was a mcgregor pay-per-view or a habib pay-per-view or jones pay-per-view would have blown it away but i feel like it would need a really big main event for you know it would need a tony ferguson versus Oliveira maybe in the main event to have a fight night to to uh to challenge it or something like that like even the the main event that was supposed to be last night what was it blades versus uh Derek lewis that wouldn't have been enough i don't think i don't think that would have been enough so it's uh yeah i think people were kind of hyped about it but look the the two just quickly the badu jack uh he was in against uh kind of a i don't know, see a journeyman or an up-and-gummer or anything but he just destroyed him i didn't watch the whole fight but he destroyed him over the whole fight jake paul fought uh nate robinson i think his name was and, like jake paul can box and logan paul especially can box he he fought in uh or he did uh, wrestling coming up and he's a good athlete and these guys have spent hundreds of thousands over the last what three or four years learning boxing with real trainers and stuff them boys can box like it's okay if they went in there you know he called out mcgregor if, okay he's boxing mcgregor mcgregor will kill him or if he boxes an actual professional boxer they, they destroy him but if me or you or someone who had six months training went in there against him he's going to beat them up because he knows how to jab he knows how to, to throw shots that doesn't say like much that. if me or you did six months training <laughs> that's that's the sort of okay he's fighting better athletes than me or you but that's the sort of uh guy like nate robinson was last night and he knocked him down a few times and then knocked him spark out so yeah well, look the, the more skilled guy won on that one i suppose and then in the main uh, event, Mike Tyson, Roy John Jr., I thought, you know, for what it was, it was way better than I expected. I Like, I thought Mike Tyson would look terrible, to be honest. I thought he would look old and slow. And, okay, he looked old and slow, but he didn't look out of place like he didn't look absolutely geriatric he didn't look like an absolute shadow of like a man who was fun. like like he didn't look like chocolate he didn't look like chocolate he didn't look like he looked like he looked like an old man who was boxing kind of another old man but it was a fair fight it was very well matched kind of you know it was one guy trying to avoid being a little bit slow and another guy trying to land a lot of big shots being a little bit slow but there was nothing wrong with it you know we talk about matchmaking often in this the problem with matchmaking a lot is if it's one really good guy against one really bad guy or something like that or one really good guy against one really okay guy you know that's that can be a problem but when it's two very evenly matched guys who are fighting kind of at the same pace and you know maybe doing different things but fighting in the same sort of uh, way at the same sort of skill level there's, there's nothing wrong with that and this was exactly what that was but a little bit of better quality than what I expected. Honestly, I expected Wright to kind of run around him and Mike to be too slow to, to catch him in, in any sort of way, but it, did, it didn't happen, you know, and it was a draw on the judges' scorecards or whatever, so it didn't really matter that, and both lads were happy enough with that. You know, I, I, I said I said before I wouldn't watch it, but uh, I, I, 
I decided it was like a break between fights or something or the co-main event was just coming up and I was like ah, we'll throw it on we'll see what it's like and you know I'm kind of happy I watched it it wasn't, it wasn't bad at all so uh, there you go um, right the UFC last night it was one of those fight cards that started really 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 well the first five fights all finished uh, inside of uh, well all but one finished inside of uh, three rounds um, some really really good uh, finishes I thought Luke Sanders looked fantastic in that fight against uh, Nate Mayanis, uh before Mayanis put on well, look one of the comebacks of the year it has to be said um, Sanders was just landing the straight left down the middle the whole time was really piecing up but it's an interesting thing we've talked about it before MMA right and it's we could get into the debate as well about the Dubois about in a second maybe maybe we'll do it with, with, uh, with this there's and this is a different sort of debate i suppose but a similar sort of thing in that if you can take shots in mma if you can if you are like not just a fighter or not just like a tough man but if you're like a wild man who can eat shot after shot after shot after shot and keep standing and you're fighting a guy who can eat a lot of shots but not as many as you you have an advantage there, even if you have a disadvantage in all other areas of the game. And that's exactly how this fight kind of was. I, I Like, Sanders was way better than him in so many areas. Now, Manus did a great job of landing some counters and uh, and hitting him. But, you know, Sanders is winning most of this fight. And at the end of the fight, Sanders is kind of uh, backing away from a few shots in the clinch. And Manus just kind of uh, went after him and hit him with a big right hand. It was a big right hand, but I think Sanders landed bigger shots in that fight and didn't put Manus away. But Manus did put him down with that. Slapped on the rear neck a choke and got a really, really, uh, a really, really lovely Maybe rear a part neck of it is, you know, if, if you can hit the guy with your best shots and he's still there and it's not lose well, confidence yeah. or, you know what I mean? I think that's a big part of it as well. Yeah. Well, so what did you think of the Dubois uh, ending last night? I know you uh, you went on and watched uh, the ending. Uh, he, so the, the, the fight, Daniel Dubois and, and Joe Joyce... Um, <coughs> I suppose <coughs> as, I, as I talked to this fucking Rona got me um, it was a little bit similar to the the, the, the Roy Jones one a bit it was like one guy kind of jabbing and being a little bit more elusive and the other guy throwing big shots um, and in the end George Ice kind of jabbed him up um, closed his left eye uh, and in the end Joyce hit him with one jab to the very swollen eye um, Dubois kind of sensed it looked kind of at himself and looked down and then took a knee and took the eight count took the nine count and refused to stand up and, and didn't get up i'll give my thoughts on a second what, what are your thoughts on the graham the the ending to that fight yeah well he, he probably you know thought he was losing on the scorecards kind of probably seemed unlikely he was going to win his eye we don't know how damaged it was it didn't look you know we've seen we've seen worse uh, cosmetically anyway but you never really know what's going on in there you know he could be not seeing out of it or or you know all that stuff but it seems to be more of a thing in boxing of kind of save yourself for the next one you know what I mean uh, when you're outmatched in MMA it's kind of like fight to the death yeah. but, <laughs> but in a, the corner won't throw in the towel even if you're even if you're lying there in a coma like. mm-hmm. but uh, in boxing it's a different mentality I suppose uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about him as a as a fighter. Maybe maybe he can come back in the, or as a boxer. Maybe he can come back another day and you know beat him. But he he, he looked pretty sloppy and out of his depth from the, the the little bit I saw. Yeah, it's an interesting debate because this is a debate that I, I have a few points here to make and I don't really want to make them because I'm a fucking fat slob here sitting you know in my my nice fancy chair and my laptop and no one's ever gonna punch me or anything. So I'm well unless I meet Daniel Dubois or something. But like. I, Carl Frampton and David Hay were on the production last night and they kind of said what my thoughts on it were. Like it's, we, we had this debate a while back with Edmund Shabazian. Remember that? And we were like, it's, okay, he, he kind of, there was a way out and he kind of took that way out. That's not to say he'll always take that way out or he'll always be like that. Like, I'm sure the best fighters in the world when they went into the gym, some of them, you know, would have taken a few belts and like, fuck, you know, I, I don't like this, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm going to take the way out, but over the years with hard sparring and, you know, maybe moving gyms or maybe sparring with different people, they learned how to kind of take it more and they learned how to, you know, how, how to kind of embrace that and I, I think everyone last night was kind of talking about Dubois didn't have that, you know, we know the way Joyce came up and he came through uh, the, the amateur, um, the amateur rooms and all that, but if you're right, we were talking about a guy who is going to fight for a world heavyweight title belt, right? Last night, Joyce after called out Usyk, who is like the next in line after Joshua and them guys. So that's top top level we're talking about getting to, and it's the same. This is not. I'm not. We're not having a boxing podcast here. It's the same in MMA or anything like that. We talk about an awful lot about MMA retirements, right? And what's the reason I always give why people never retire in MMA? Well, the reason is because they're fighters and they're born and they're they're bred to never give up. You know, no matter what, as you said, Graham, fight to the fucking death. Nate Diaz with his eyes torn apart and all. We've seen, and it's not just MMA, it's, it's happened in boxing as well. When you see a guy in there who takes a jab and he's, like, he's obviously hurt and obviously has terrible facial damage and probably in terrible pain. But when you can see, and go back and watch the end of that, you can see the decision-making process on his face to quit. Like, that is not a good sign. Like, if it was me or you and we were in that position to quit, we'd be like, absolutely, we definitely fucking should. You know, it's the most logical thing ever. But going in there on a high-class, um, you know, about combat sport bout, you have to be willing to put extra into you have to be willing to not care we talk about you know fighters talk about it all the time uh, and not we fighters talk about it all the time but willing to go to the debt and that might be a thing that people are like you know okay yeah uh, you're, you're not really are you they are they, they are they're willing to do whatever and uh, we, as we said it's always the corner's oper- uh, job to pull them out and things like that now is it something you can learn i think it probably is but maybe you know fighters and other people would be better off talking about it than me but there's no doubt about it last night that he didn't have that kind of fortitude to keep going that other people we've seen through the years and it's a thing that you need to get to that very top do, do not mistake sure, would, would Carl Pendred have, have taken a knee for the, the 10 count yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think no he, he, we know he wouldn't have would Nate Diaz have taken it absolutely not you know we've we've seen lads down through the years come through things like that and just refuse and that's like that's the difference between a, a, you know he's still a good fighter so I'm not saying that at all and he's still a good boxer but that's the difference between the very top and, and uh, you know you can say the athlete versus fighter thing 
we still you know sometimes we we get carried away and we talk about an awful lot about people being good tacticians and technicians and being really good athletes and stuff but don't forget boxing is a fist fight mma is a, a fucking street fight with a with a little bit of covering over your hands and, and a mouth card on that's the, you know that's the difference between them at their very essence when you add in all the skill and all the other stuff as well and if you don't have that willingness to go all the way you know it'll come back around and it, you will get found out so that's what happened with Dubai last night can he turn around and come back again i think he probably you know he probably can maybe i'm, I'm not 100% sure but uh, on last night's display i don't think he had but it's it's an interesting one and some will that'll pop up again but anyway back to the ufc card um sue mudjari um a chinese gentleman went in there and fought uh, malcolm gordon and i thought he looked phenomenal there were shades of of Conor McGregor versus Marcus Brimage here. And I know, I, I think it's his second or third UFC fight, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he looked really, really good. He he was landing those beautiful uppercuts, landed lovely, smooth left hands into it, and just made Malcolm Gordon go full fucking Ric Flair. <laughs> and you know, took a few shots and went out. It, it was weird at the start because it was like, it was one of those where he took a few shots. And you're thinking like, oh, he went down a little bit easier. It was it was weird the way he maybe not easy, but weird the way he went down. But when you look back at it, and that second left hand that Mudajari landed, and Sumu as I'm calling him, I'm, I'm affectionately nicknamed him that. That second left hand would have put most people away. So it was a big, big shot and a great win for him. Um, then after that, Gina Mazzani beat Rachel Ostovich. Like Rachel Ostovich moves to four and six here now. She's absolutely not, like, okay, we can talk about UFC quality, but, like, even at the women's flyweight division, Rachel Ostevich, she's just not very good at all. Mazzani won the first two, you know, kind of walking away, just miles better. Uh, finished her off with two front kicks to deliver, the second of which, <clears throat> the second of which was, like, it was a nice kick and all, but it was another one of those things where I think most people in that sort of situation, although in fairness, she did take, you know, two and a half rounds of getting beat up. So I'm not saying too much. Like Ostevich kept going and she was tough in fairness to her, but just totally and utterly outmatched here uh, by Gina Mazzani. Uh, and in the, the main event of the prelim cards, uh, Anderson Dos Santos, which I want him nicknamed the, the Sagano Spider, got a lovely guillotine over, uh, over Martin Day. Uh, you know, he was slick, he got on top, um, kind of stood up, and the other lad went for a takedown, pulled the guillotine, uh, and tapped him out, so it was, uh, it was simple enough. Um, then in the main card, Jonathan Pierce got a nice uh, win over Kai Kamaka in a good back and forth fight. Um, there was no fight at night, but that I think that was probably up there, that was a really enjoyable uh, fight for me. I uh, flattened him out and landed... About 40 unanswered punches at the end, which, you know, who's, I think it was Big Dan uh, was in there. So, yeah, maybe could have ended a little bit quicker. Uh, Norma Dumont, I thought she was really good against Ashley Evans-Smith. This was this was one of those displays where I thought, you know, Evans-Smith's good fighter been around for a, a long time. And, okay, probably a couple of people have, have dominated her a little bit. But I, I, I thought Mazan uh, Dumont, she looked very athletic and all of her shots were landing really quickly and really hard and I thought Evan Smith did a great job of lasting to the end here to be honest a really really good display there from Norma DeMond so she's definitely someone I think to keep an eye on uh, Bill Algio defeated Spark Car Spike Carlisle in a unanimous decision same with big heavyweight Porky Parker Porter beat Josh Parisian um, and in the the top two um, what do you think of this Beza fella Graham I, I like 
in that first round against Sato, I thought it was a little bit standoffish. I thought Sato did a good job, but in the second round, he's he's just he's he's really good. Like he's big and strong for the weight, and and like can crack, and he's technical and. There's a lot to be said for that, you know, as uh, at, at the welterweight division and kind of looking good doing it as well. You know, we've seen a lot of fighters kind of coming up that way uh, over the last few years. Are you impressed with uh, with Baez? I think he goes to ten and zero now, so good display from him again, wasn't it? Yeah, he looked he looked really good as you mentioned. Um, obviously, they mentioned on the broadcast as well that it's his uh, first submission, so it's good to see him kind of you know showing a bit of well-roundedness. He's obviously only ten fights into his career. He's He's still uh, only twenty eight, so he still has a a lot of a lot of room to grow. But uh, you know, he came from the contender series, won a decision there, and since then he got to the UFC. He's, he's had three finishes, so you know he's he's Matt Brown and Sato aren't exactly you know um, scrubs as well. So he's he's definitely looking good and definitely uh, somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that Matt Brown fight was obviously the one. You know, that kind of fight can can change your life, I suppose. And he looked really good in that, uh, and he looked. Uh, you know, I I don't, I think when you're a fighter coming in to fight him the next time, you're thinking, not that he's a slow starter necessarily, but that first round, I don't think he was as as maybe flush as he's as he usually is. But a, a good display from him anyway. Uh, and in the main event, I suppose before we get to the main event, uh, the main event was due to be Curtis Blades versus uh, Derek Lewis, uh, but Blades tested positive for COVID nineteen. And we obviously we get on to next week's card as well. That's uh, now Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. It was you. It was due to be Kevin Holland, but Vittori was supposed to fight Jacare. Now he's fighting um, Hermanson, and Kevin Holland has immediately been put in to fight Jacare. Now instead, so they kind of just did the old switcheroo, which is, you know. Okay, we we'll, actually we'll talk about the main event first, and then we'll 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 head back to that and talk a little bit about the the COVID nineteen protocols and whatnot. The main event was simple enough. There wasn't too much analysis to do to it here. Uh, Anthony Smith kind of got a body lock at one stage, tried to put Clark on the ground, Clark, and ended up getting on top. Uh, it was only about half a round. Went for a twister, basically. Went, yeah, went for it. Started trying going for a twister and got reversed. Yeah, uh, he was saying afterwards, Anthony Smith, how how strong Clark was and it, like he was just like holding his hand and controlling his whole body that's how strong he was uh, and uh, Clark on on top and like the second it's weird sometimes you see guys and like the advantage is usually okay in, in modern MMA to the guys on top. You know, the to, I, I think most people, even jiu-jitsu players, would acknowledge that the the bottom game with arm bars and triangles and stuff like that isn't nearly as effective as it used to be. But immediately here, when they got into that position, Anthony Smith looked dangerous and Clark looked in trouble. You know, it was one of those like Oh, is he going to armbar him here? <laughs> is he going to triangle him? And the second he got that leg over the uh, over the shoulder and got the arm cleared, it was like, okay, this is this is in big big trouble here because Smith's is a strong guy as well. When yeah. he gets you in he that position, he kind of wasn't defending. He was he grabbed the arm to try and you know to get the triangle, and he didn't really you know resist it enough, and it kind of seemed inevitable that uh, he yeah. was about to be finished by a triangle. <laughs> It really was, and Smith pulled down the head, and and kind of that was that. A good win, you know. Smith has had a tough time over the last while with that 
uh, with that fight that you know went on, went on about three rounds too long against uh, against Glover Teixeira uh, and beating a unanimous decision by Alexander Rakic as well. Obviously, after losing to John Jones, he bounced back with the Alexander Gustafsson win, uh, but a good win for him and, and puts him back. Maybe, you know. In, in the picture, I suppose, not maybe not in the, the title picture straight away, but definitely puts him back uh, in the picture. So, a really, really good and important win for uh, for Anthony Smith. But let's, you know, let's bounce back here to what we were talking about with with the, uh, the, the, the kind of the fights getting moved around and stuff. It's weird, like, Kevin Holland fell out of the fight uh, for next week, and they already have him booked again one day after his positive test like this other fight they're on about moving it to a, a certain card at, uh, towards the end of the year as well ju- like just after Curtis Blades failed his coronavirus test like okay lots of people like this are it's, they're not going to have that many adverse effects of it or anything but would you not wait a week just to make sure like Cody Garbrandt came out this week and said he can't take fights because he's such bad like deep vein thrombosis he's getting um he's getting blood clots all the time and it's really affecting him really badly same with Diego Costa it's really affecting him badly the soccer player so this is not okay like it's it's probably rare and there aren't that many but there are occasions where this happens 100% and not only that it's like you don't want to be rushing these guys straight back in like this these guys are fighting in what two or three weeks time again you're rushing them straight back into training like are the ufc getting these guys like, like kevin holland right he's fighting where winning again at the at the uh at the end of the, the year what like three weeks away are they getting him tests before he goes back into training in in a week's time or two weeks time like are they getting him multiple tests over a couple of days to make sure that he has like two or three uh, negative tests in a row so he can go back to training go back into the the bubble that the ufc have like why are we not seeing any of these protocols anymore why are so many people failing now again it's it's an issue, I think, for the UFC. You know, I, I saw someone saying last night, the Baltimore Ravens, I think, had 18 failed tests, and it's, like, the most in any sports or whatever in organization. I'm like, mm, have you seen the UFC? <laughs> you know, there's a lot. Okay, it was over maybe a shorter period of time, but the UFC have had a lot. And, okay, it shows maybe they're, they're testing and stuff, but I really think it needs to be... I said it from the start, it needs to be more stringent, and I think they did a good job for a while, and they did an even better job on Fight Island and, and things like that, but... I still think they need... Do you know what the UFC need to do? They need to come out, really, and say what they're doing again, and they need to say the improvements that they're making again, because there's so many people kind of failing, so many people kind of just being thrown back into fights as well. Now, okay, we haven't talked about it that much over the last while, because I think people are just kind of fucking sick of it at this stage, and we want to kind of move faster, but I think, like, especially in America, where it's they're still in a bad, bad way over there, I think you really need to take this these precautions because um, we've seen it with the WWE as well. There's been three or four outbreaks. Like, if that happens, and like, how much, you know, has it happened already in the UFC? Have we been made aware of it? How many, you know, people have been in that bubble who have actually passed it on to other people, and maybe they never knew, or you know, they were gone home before they they, they tested positive or whatever and spread it around. That's that's still an issue. We can't just forget about that. Um, and I think the UFC need to improve on that yet again. Um, and I think uh, in Vegas we've seen, you know, we've seen with like the lack of wearing of masks and Dana White sitting. Uh, you know, you know, alongside the the cage with no mask on and things like that, it's definitely been uh, a bigger issue there, and I think it's something they need to improve on. But 
but anyway, we'll we'll keep beating that drum, I suppose, until hopefully this fucking vaccine comes and we're all better and we can get back to normal. But yeah, anyway. Um so next week, Graham, what do you what do you think of this Jack Romanson Marvin Vittori fight? I I I kinda like it a little bit better. I think it's a really fun fight. What do you think of it? Um yeah, it's okay. Um I wasn't too excited about the original fight either, so I'm not too I'm not too bummed that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, either way. Yeah. Not Jeez. too bothered. <laughs> to be honest. High level analysis there. Like Hermanson. I, I love a bit yeah, of Hermanson. Well, you know, uh, you know it's, he's exciting. But you know, I, this I, fight. Uh, this fight. Yeah. This fight, like you know, five years ago, would have been like you know, opening a pay per view or, or on Facebook or something. Now it's yeah. like, you know, the main event. And I know it's like fucking put together at the last minute, but. In previous years, you would have had like a co-main event or a fight after that. You could have put to the main event, and now they just don't have that. So when when these COVID tests do hit hit the hit the cards like la- like yesterday's and, and the next week's, it, it does like you know it does it does leave it very treadbare. Yeah, I, I think like UFC like you know mm-hmm. yesterday was they, a lot more mm-hmm. a lot worse, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's still, you know, it's still a week to go, so there could be some more, some more um, changes to the card. Uh, they really like. You probably need some backup, some like you know, to put a good co-main event in as a backup in in this COVID kind of age. Mm-hmm. Because if you put keep putting these cards out that nobody's you know interested in, ninety percent of the fights people just are, are gonna you know stop making it a, a regular you know saturday night or watch the ufc they're gonna start skipping them and once you start skipping a few then you know it kind of it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. yeah that's very true um it, and there isn't that strong coming of it you know you have osp versus jamal hill which is a, a pretty good fight i think you know it'd be a big fight if jamal hill can win that fight it's a that's a big win for him but i wouldn't be too sure but uh, look the men i mean i think Hermanson, I think Hermanson's a bad sort of matchup for for, for Vittori, but we've seen Vittori in there before against Adesanya, and he did okay in in that fight. I know he lost, but you know a similar sort of big guy, okay, a different style. But you know Hermanson, I'm sure will be looking to come out fast, land some big strikes early, get the fight to the ground, and try to submit him. Um, where but Vittori's good on the ground, you know, he's some good wrestling as well. I'm sure he'll be trying to land that big straight left down through the middle against uh, against Hermanson. Maybe it's one, you know, later in the week I need to do a bit of a rewatch for both of them and, and look at it again because obviously it's only been announced so we haven't had too much time to look at it. But, uh, you know, an, an initial kind of reading of it, uh, I think Hermanson is probably like the, the first thought in everyone's mind who will win this fight. But Vittori, you know, he, I think Vittori is one of those guys, he's a bit of a heel that he's just like such an unlikable personality and things like that that you uh, you maybe you you, uh, you look negatively on him a bit, but he's a good fighter and he can... Uh, He's been improving over the last while, and you know if he was to beat Hermanson, yeah, and he hung with Adesanya, you mm-hmm. know he beat Cesar Ferreira, Andrew Sanchez, you know a split decision. Uh, what was it like two and a half years ago against Adesanya? A lot of people thought he won that. He's, too, he's yeah. won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so you know uh, he's definitely definitely no boom. And Jack Hermanson as well is like you know he's not drawn any you know uh, casuals in really, but he has some good wins himself, you know. Um, Tally's late. He's Dave Branch, uh, Jackeray, and Gaslam is like you know that's that's some some good wins there, some very good wins there. So they're definitely two two good guys, but it's just uh, it's just kind of you know it doesn't have the excitement factor. Uh, 
they're not a. Uh, it, it probably will end up being a really good fight. Like it, it like it, it's probably going to be. It's probably going to be a good fight. I, I'd say, but is it going to get people excited? Is it going to? Is it going to make people you know in the UK and Ireland or in Europe stay up until you know five AM to watch? Probably not, unless yeah. you're a hardcore fan. Yeah, I, I am excited about it to be honest. But I think, as you mentioned, I think it'd be a great comment event. You know, <laughs> you know, say let, let's say if, if that Tony Ferguson I'm using that fight again, the Oliveira fight was the main event, and this was the co-main event, and you had the the Jamal Hill OSP fight as the third fight. That's a good top three on a, on a fight night. Like so, there's as you said, there's a lot, there's a big difference between having a big main event and a big co-main event behind it. It makes the card look a lot different. So yeah, I would agree with that. But I'm I'm definitely hyped about this fight. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um. Elsewhere on the card, we have Roman Delidze, who's a good up-and-comer against John Alan Arte. Uh, Movsar Ivolev versus Nate Landwehr. That should be a good fight, you know. He's um, 13-0. Uh, Ivolev there beat Mike Grundy in his last fight. And beat uh, Enrique Barzola, I think, before that as well. And Landwehr over the last while, he's, he's a tough kind of tough guy so that should be a that should be a good fight to open up the card i'd say that'll be a hard battle in that one so i'm looking forward to that uh jean Vellante back again against jay collier fighting at heavyweight so we'll see chunky jean Vellante in there again uh matt wyman <laughs> back at it again how is matt wyman still in the ufc fighting uh jordan levitt so i'd i'm not i don't know too much about jordan levitt but i'd probably back jordan levitt <laughs> to win the fight um there's a lightweight bout between Gabriel uh, Benitez and Justin James. Damon Jackson is fighting uh, Ilya Topuria uh, at featherweight. Your boy Louis Smolka as well. My boy Louis Smolka in bantamweight against Jose Alberto Quinones. That, that's a sleeper yeah, fight. And he's that scheduled from a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. That, you know, Smolka's like you know he he may lose quick or he may win quick, but he's always he's always in the exciting rounds and exciting fights, and obviously. he... He and Irish fans will know him from the UFC, where he headlined and beat Paddy Houlihan, where where obviously the it wasn't the the intended main event, but it ended ended up being the main event, and it was kind of like a huge moment for Louis Smoke, it seemed. But it's it's kind of it's kind of all been downhill since since then. Obviously, I think he's had some personal problems, maybe with alcohol and stuff like that. But uh, f- from things I've seen online, I've obviously no inside information on that or anything. Mm-hmm. But he's he's definitely a fighter with a lot of potential. It's maybe you know. He's kind of holding himself back, it seems. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, look. He's always fun though. But he he went out of the UFC, got back into the UFC as well. So you know, I'm, I'm always a bit of a, and Patrick especially is a big Lewis Smolka fan. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. That that like that to me is a fight that should be headlining the prelim card rather than opening the prelim card. You know, because it's it's guaranteed to be a, a fun fight. I think so. Yeah, if you're uh... yeah, we kind of talked about it last with mm. last night's card as well. Like you know, Cool uh, and Luke kind of opening up the, yeah. the card where you, you know you could have I don't know so they just kind of throwing these cards together and not really putting too much effort into them, even even up to you know which way to order the bouts. Uh, uh, I don't know what the logic is, but uh, uh, it's 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 definitely a change from from what you would historically expect. You kind of usually look at the card and kind of guess roughly what kind of order they'd be in you might be surprised if one's on a one's opening the pay-per-view or headlining the prelims and might switch that up sometimes to get pay-per-view buys or whatever yeah. but besides that you kind of know you kind of know the the fight order but now you just fucking you look at the card it could be anything mm-hmm. it says as well here on wikipedia that bitch kohea is fighting woo yahan on this card so i'm not sure where that's going to be <coughs> be a bit of crack old bitch is always a bit of crack so looking forward to seeing that speaking of you you know you mentioned the flyweight main event there 
it's official now that they're turning around and having Davidson Figueiredo fight Brandon Moreno in the main event uh, coming up here in what it's only three weeks away now I think I like I I, know I spoke spoke about it a little bit on the Q and A last week, and we probably mentioned it on the podcast as well. But I don't think that's the best uh, thing in the world to do. Like, it's all well and good, right? If if they both make weight and they both have a good fight, and you know they both make their money, and it's a it's a good fight. Uh, all well and good. But the problem is, like, you're taking a big risk. Like, Figueredo is a big, big, big guy for that 125 pound division. He's missed weight two fights ago. You're giving him three weeks' notice to come in here, and okay, he's moving from one camp to the other, and hopefully he'll be able to keep his weight in check. But that's a big risk to take because you you finally have to kind of turn around this division again after you know Demetrius and they didn't want him there. They were going to get rid of the division. Then Henry came over and like, oh, he saved the division, and then he fucked off. But now Figueiredo has come in and actually saved the division. It's a big issue if if this happens again, right? Let's say Figueredo misses weight. Let's say he goes goes in there and beats Marino, which we've seen before when him and the Joseph Benavides fight, and you've a vacant title. That is a big issue for that division again, because you like I think a lot of people could probably see Dana White going, "Ah, fuck this division," and just like getting rid of it or whatever, you know. So it's uh, it's one of those ones where it's a very risky fight to put on. If it all goes well, it's all goes well. And look, look, I think it probably will all go well, and hopefully it does all go well. But I uh, I think that's one you kind of have to mention. We've talked about matchmaking earlier, and we've been talking about it on, uh, on, in the last few weeks. So it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think they were kind of struggling for a fight as well, but. Look, we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the UFC way. could just stick your man, um, your man from the Habib way in on the on the scale, yeah. and I think we grand. Yeah, <laughs> do that as well. Yeah, <laughs> stick him in there, we'll be fine. Um, right, let's uh, answer a few questions, and then we'll uh, we'll head away. Thanks to everyone for the questions. We'll have a full Q and A as always on Tuesday morning. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. We'll answer all these questions in more depth than all the questions from uh, Patreon uh, as well. Um, Graham, first one here from That Cleary Fella. Do you ever see Bellator challenging the UFC in the MMA space? Uh, it's like it's no. one of those no. It's one of those questions where what would Bellator need? You know, they'd need they'd need a lot of big fighters to emerge. They'd need a lot of big stars. They might need to sign a couple of big for stars a lot, as a lot well. of years, I think, as well. Yeah, they need that consistently for a lot of years to mm. kind of that. Like Dana mentioned, or Lorenzo, or whatever mentioned in one of those, you know, interviews about buying the UFC that they were basically buying the three letters, you know, because mm. it's kind of, you know, it's linked with the origins of of like you know MMA on, on MMA in general and MMA on TV. So Bellator would have to do a lot, a lot of work, uh, high quality signings and development and fights for a lot a lot of years to to you know get anywhere near that name value that the ufc has alone like these cards like if bellator put on these cards you know uh, jack Manson and vittori yeah. there'd be you know so much less interest just because it's not a ufc card yeah. the ufc card is basically you know making these cards uh, an option for people to watch just those letters yeah even if they don't even know the fighters so that that's a very hard thing to get over for bellator and another thing as well is like we, we've seen we've actually seen it a little bit it's possible because we've seen it a bit with um with wwe at the moment because AEW have come come in and taken away 
maybe not a lot of their audience, but maybe have a different audience watching wrestling and watching it more than some of the, the WWE pro- programming. So it's it's possible. But the problem with that is the WWE. But like I've even never even heard of that. You know, I've, like you're, yeah. you're a fan of this, the sport that watches it all the time or the mm-hmm. sports entertainment or whatever they call it. Yeah, but in America, um, the numbers you know, I even, have shown that it's it's not really on TV deals here around and the world here. and stuff yeah. as well, though. Yeah, yeah that's true. But the, like the the kind of the point there is. WWE have kind of gone back a lot over the last while. With the UFC, you can argue that the UFC have gone back a lot in their overall product, but in their top product, at the very top, it's still really, really good. You know, it's still, there's still big, huge John Jones fights and McGregor fights and Habib fights and, you know, things like that. The, the Bellator just can't match. You know, the, the last few big fights they've put on have been a little bit disappointing. Okay, that's not Bellator's fault or anything like that, but it's, uh, it's just the thing that, like, it, it there's a difference there to and to overcome that gap is is very very tough um next question here from paul Kerwin. any era in their prime what's your f- f- dream mma fight i i don't know i, I was struggling to think of this one like i'd love to see i'd love to see you know maybe it's not the big dream like mad matchup but i'd love to see mvp fighting someone like wonderboy or fighting you know fighting one of the the big fighters in the UFC that'll just stand up with him and they go toe to toe like okay it might be five rounds of looking at each other but I'd like to see MVP versus Wonderboy but that's that's a very personal one for me I suppose a lot of people would say Tony Ferguson versus Habib or you know GSP versus Anderson Silva or Fedor versus Brock Lesnar what anyone stand out to you Graham um yeah like I would have I would have loved to see the the Anderson Silva GSP one that was you know talked about for years and you know seemed like it was going to happen when Lorenzo kind of got involved and was tweeting about oh uh, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather yeah. saying it's too late you got to strike all the irons hot and everybody was kind of excited and it just never fucking happened so maybe because of all the build up that kind of times people got hyped for it or it seemed like it was going to happen and then you know it, it didn't maybe that's why but that's one I always wanted to see and disappointed we never got to see yeah I, I was never really that hyped and I would have loved to see it if it if it happened at the time but yeah I, I would have loved to see Jones and Silva as yeah well. me too uh, yeah I would have rather seen that that would have yeah. been, been brilliant as well yeah I would have rather seen that but. right we'll end it here on two Christmas questions from our boy Gav Kine Coach Gav support him there up in, uh, up in Kildare uh, what's uh, the ghost Christmas tub sweets heroes roses quality streets or celebrations Graham what's uh, what's your go to tub of sweets at, at Christmas time oof um they're all good like let's be honest uh, <laughs> they all have their they all have their charms but um i think celebrations is probably the best i agree yeah followed uh, by heroes i agree with that as well what, what's next roses or quality street Oof, um oh, that's a tough one like uh quality Street's kind of made a comeback for me the last couple of years mm. i kind of decided i didn't it was the worst but then kind of it made a bit of a comeback so now it's kind of it's kind of fresh i don't know so it's probably it's probably ahead of roses yeah i would agree with that list so i i think you nailed that there in fairness i, I think you nailed that list um last question here simon doherty top three favorite christmas movies this is can i just say like home alone home alone <laughs> home alone do <laughs> home alone three yeah. 
Bad Santa. <laughs> Bad Santa's pretty funny, yeah. Die Hard. I, love, I watched Die Hard there last week. And die, the first Die Hard. Die Hard is kind of a Christmas shit. movie, but not really. Like, not I don't really, know. Yeah. yeah. Nah, it was definitely good back in the day. Yeah. It's I, kind of set on Christmas, but it's not really a Christmasy yeah, movie in the same nice. way that, like, Bad Santa or, or, or I suppose Home Alone as well is, is kind of in the same category. Yeah. There, there's some funny, like, rom com films to put on in the background. There's a lot of good. Uh, I actually watched one the other day. What was it called? Bad Moms or something. It was, it was kind of funny. And, you know, it was one you put on in the background that wasn't bad. But, uh, yeah, there's there's probably a lot of fucking Christmas films we're not even thinking of. Titanic, always a good Christmas film to put on during. Uh, no, it's not necessarily a Christmas film, but it's always on at Christmas. The so. horror, horror horror movie where uh, <laughs> every single man dies. Well, every single man, did it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we get the women and children out, apart from that one lad who was like really selfish. So yeah, these look these things happen in MMA Graham. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, remember she murdered him on the. She murdered him on. She had that huge raft she was on, and she just was like, I'll never let go. And then, like, fucking she let him burned go. him. Let it go. Let it go. Poor old Jack. Poor old Leonardo DiCaprio. Poor old lad. But anyway, right. That's it from us. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Sign up there. Start of the month. Don't do it today. Don't do it tomorrow. Wait till the first of the month. Um, and you'll. Uh, it's price of the point. Price of a point. Price of an old sandwich above in Dublin. Fiverr. Sign up. Uh, there's, I think this is the 703rd podcast that's up there, so you'll be able to go back and listen to every, each and every one of them. So if that's not good value for Black Friday, I don't know what is good value, so do that. Uh, Manscaped as well, eu.manscaped.com, 20% off, use a promo code SEVERE, may free shipping as well uh, for that. Uh, and that's it, thanks everybody for listening, and all that's left to do is give you the inspirational quote of the week. Make the most of yourself, for that is all there is of you. See you next Tuesday. Or probably Sunday.